Hello and welcome to the Career Builders Podcast. I'm Mike Bird. I'm Lisa Pekosek. And today we have a very special guest joining us to discuss how to unlock the potential of LinkedIn to help you build your career. We have Janice Porter joining us on the podcast. Janice is a business coach who specializes in helping her clients leverage LinkedIn in order to establish and nurture valuable relationships. A former teacher and corporate trainer, she joins us today to discuss a number of ways that you can use LinkedIn to better build your career. Janice, welcome to the Career Builders Podcast. Thank you so much, Mike and Lisa. It's really nice to be here. Appreciate yeah, it. Glad you could join us. Lisa, why don't you kick us off right off the, the bat here? Yeah, absolutely. So I was checking out your LinkedIn profile earlier, and you've had a pretty interesting career. So could you tell us a little bit about your career journey? That's because I'm, I'm way older than both of you. See, I just had time to do more things, right? Makes um, sense. I started off as a as an elementary school teacher. I've always been a teacher, mm. like since I was a kid. I knew I wanted to be a teacher. And so I went the formal route. I was a teacher for 14 years and uh, loved teaching, didn't like the bureaucracy, and had the opportunity to sort of step away from it when I had my first child. And then not I tested the waters about going back, but every time I tried because I was on leave and every time I went back, I got this pit in my stomach. Mm -hmm. So I knew that I needed to not be there, but be somewhere else. And mm -hmm. so I kind of went with the flow for a little bit. And then um, a friend of mine said, hey, they're looking for a trainer over at the telephone company. Can you do that? And I said, well, what is it for? And they said, soft skills, which is like telephone courtesy and customer service and whatever. And I said, I'm a teacher. I can do that. Right. So it was easy. So that was the start of my second career. And, uh, and, and you'll appreciate this being where you are in, in your careers right now. The, the friend of mine said to me, just send over your resume. And I went, huh? Resume? I'm a teacher. What do I know about resumes? <laughs> so it was a learning experience for me at that time. Anyway, that turned into a career as a contractor for a long time. And I loved what I did, but then the bottom fell out of the world and it mm. was kind of no contractors anymore. And I had to reinvent myself. And I went through a few things in learning what I didn't want to do. And I knew I didn't want a job. So I had to reinvent myself in some kind of home-based business. And I have spent some time and still am in the world of network marketing because I love that model. And uh, it's a different, interesting model of marketing to the traditional model. And so I, I, part of my business is network marketing. And the other part I fell into, which was LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And once I figured out that I loved this platform and that I could share and teach again by teaching it to other people, I was like, I'd come home because it, it was such a good fit for me. That's amazing. Yeah. And a lot of our listeners are either going through some sort of career transition or at a point, a pivotal point in their own careers. What would you say has been a major theme for you that has kind of come with you through all these careers? Oh, the major theme for me is, is it's all about people. It's all about networking mm. and it's all about caring about those people that you network with. So amazing. it's, it, there's a real misnomer around how to network properly, whether yeah. you do it face-to-face -face at events and so forth, or whether you do it online, whether it's Facebook or LinkedIn or wherever, Instagram. I mean, they're all, they all have their own flavors, 
but it's really in essence all about engaging with people and showing interest in people and being curious that's mm -hmm. the thing that runs through it for me Amazing. very cool very very neat so today our our kind of main topic is around linkedin mm -hmm. one of your go-to's and just to like kind of kick it off at a really high level like what's sort of the overarching goal of linkedin as a platform because it's not facebook it's not instagram it's certainly not snapchat but like what is the role of linkedin in the social media spectrum okay that's a really good question but i'm going to shift it just a little bit sure to, i think to answer it because i don't think it's what is the role of it i think it's more about two things one where is your target audience mm. where do they hang out whether you're looking for a new job or whether you're in business and where do you feel most comfortable so does that make sense because yeah. They all have the same role in the sense that, um, you know, you want to be seen and you want to market yourself or your business. And on each of these different platforms, it's done differently. Mm -hmm. But so it's really about where are you comfortable and who's going to see it. Okay. So sort of matching the platform, your presence on a platform to the audience or the network that you'd like to start to, to integrate with. That's part of it. And yeah. the other part of it is how you behave on those okay. plat on each platform is different. So I don't yeah. know if you want to get into that, but no, it, it makes sense though. I mean, there, there aren't a lot of people who are, you know, 65 plus who are on Snapchat, but there are certainly a lot of people who are in their twenties, thirties, forties, fifties on LinkedIn. And it's, right. it's kind of been an up and coming place now for a while. I have a quick add on question to that. Yeah. So who should be, what is the audience of LinkedIn? Okay, so first of all, um, if I can, maybe I'll put it into a little uh, scenario where mm -hmm. what I share with people in terms of the different basic major platforms. So Instagram and Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn. I kind of put Instagram and Facebook together. They're the, and these are the four sort of most popular uh, social media platforms right now, I would, I would think. Um, Snapchat, I don't even want to talk about. <laughs> okay, so... Um, if you're hanging out on Facebook or Instagram, it's really very casual from a standpoint of maybe you think of it as a backyard barbecue, um, Friday night with your buds, you've got a beer in your hand, you're talking about the last movie you saw or the hockey game, whatever. It's quite casual, right? Mm -hmm. And cheers, or sorry, um, Twitter is more like, and I'm aging myself here, is more like what I, there used to be a TV show back in the day called uh, Cheers, and people would drop in at uh, Sam's bar on the way home from work. And so when you drop in at the bar, you'd have one quick drink on your way home and you have a quick conversation, which is Twitter, right? I know Twitter too is much more about news and, and the more, um, you know, the politics of today and so on and so mm -hmm. forth, but it's that quick hit and you're gone right and then linkedin i picture more as the gala event the wedding reception the um charity event uh the cocktail party maybe you've got some prosecco or a glass of champagne or some really nice white mm. wine and, and you're dressed more formally and because of that the conversation is elevated right now the other piece to that elevated conversation is that it's more business-like. Mm. 
-hmm. And it can be, um, you can get to the heart of a business conversation way faster than on those other, particularly Facebook, Facebook and Instagram. So does that give you an overall picture? Yeah, I love that. Great analogy. Yeah, so I, I like to do that. Now you asked though something, Lisa, that I didn't completely answer. Um, oh, who is on there, right? Yeah. Okay, so just a few minor stats. Um, there's over like 650 million LinkedIn members today. There's a new person joining every two seconds. And the it skews a little more 50-50, maybe a little more male than female uh, on the um, platform but it's really higher socioeconomic and decision makers. So you'll find more decision makers there than you will on the other platforms. Mm, That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's a great way of sort of just reframing it in comparison to the other platforms. That makes a whole lot of sense to me. When you look at, I'm sure you look at a lot of different LinkedIn profiles through the course of your work. What makes a LinkedIn profile stand out? Okay, great question. So for me, and especially when um, somebody has reached out to connect with me, Mm -hmm. I would never just hit connect. I would always go and look at their profile. And so when I'm doing that, I'm looking for a few things. The very first thing I'm looking for is, have they taken the time to make it a great first impression? So what does that include? That includes a banner that has not those, that turquoise with the dots. Mm-hmm. It looks like, you know, the, the planets are all connected or whatever it is. Anyway, it's not the default banner. They've got a professional headshot. Okay. And again, we, Mike and I have talked about this, that, you know, as soon as you can do not have a selfie, make sure that it's at least that somebody else has taken the picture of you. Mm-hmm. And then next step is to get a professional headshot for sure. And they're not that expensive these days or know someone with a good camera. It'll, you know, at least make it a, an effort to, to start. So your banner, your headshot and your headline and your headline is the piece directly under your name. And have you taken the time to make that stand out and, and give the people that are looking at it a sense of, Uh, who you are. Okay. So that's really the first thing. And then it's a question of looking at, is this person active on LinkedIn? Hmm. Right. Do they Mm -hmm. have um, a filled in uh, what we call the about section? It was used to be called the summary. And do they have any recommendations that are current, not back Mm -hmm. in 2010 is the last Mm -hmm. one they had. So I just look for things that tell me that they're current, that they are active and that they have made um, an effort on the first impression. Wow, that's a ton of very valuable information you just shared. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm taking notes as well here. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It's all being recorded. I got news for you. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> what are some of the, so you've kind of talked about what are the major must-haves of a good profile. What do you see are some of the big mistakes that, that people are making? Well, some of your audience are people in careers, right? Like they're yep. not necessarily entrepreneurs. Correct. Yeah. One of the I, Well, I see it with both. I see it with people who are um, corporate and I see it with actually with uh, independent uh, business owners as well. Mm-hmm. They, they don't use the headline, the piece directly under your name mm-hmm. in a way that is 
to their advantage. What you need to understand is, or what your audience needs to understand is that your LinkedIn profile, whether you work for a company or you work for yourself, it's about you. It's not about your company. Mm. So unless there is a specific compliance piece that yep. your company won't allow you to do anything else, uh, and I'll give you an example of that, uh, then it should be really um, about you. So here's an example. If yeah. you're a, an insurance agent and you work for Sun Life, you have to have financial planner or insurance agent or whatever their title is at Sun Life Financial. Okay. If you're a manager or above, you don't have to have that. So that first example I gave you is advertising Sun Life, not really saying much about the person. No. So you don't really ever want to say realtor at Remax Crest Realty. You want to say realtor, first time buyers, uh, specialist in seniors, or whatever the things are that you do, who, you, who your target audience is. We think keywords like realtor, like real estate, like you know buyers and sellers. For I'm just using that as an example. Sure. And so you want to utilize this section, this very little piece at the, at the beginning of your profile to um, incorporate two or three really key words about who you are and what you do and possibly add a benefit statement. Okay. What, what's that? You don't that? have to, but you can. Okay. Talk a little more about that benefit statement. Like what does that look like? So an example, I've got a couple of examples I was, I was going to. Yeah, so uh, where are they? Yes, here's an example. Um, this person is looking for a new job. Before I get to mine, I'll just tell you. So this person is looking for a new job, and this is sort of around what this person does. Project manager, construction project consultant. So okay. notice we've used projects twice. And then she has a benefit statement, leading people and managing projects. Okay. That's a benefit statement. Yeah. Okay. So let's see what I have on mine today. I don't know. I mean, I, I you can, you know, it's a living document. You can change sure. it. But I, I mean, mine is, it's the same pretty much uh, all the time. So another thing, do, are the people that are your audience, are they, are any of them still students? They could I would have be. some. Yeah, they could be. For sure. I mean, like late undergrad or grad students. Yep. yep. Okay. So I just, mine's just come up. Okay. So mine says LinkedIn trainer, relationship marketing specialist, increasing your sales by building relationships online and nurturing them offline. Okay. Benefit statement. Yeah. Right? So why I asked if any of your people were um, students is because one of the terms that I've used when I've talked to job seekers or I've talked to um, MBA grads at, mm -hmm. at SFU actually, is that it's okay to say aspiring CPA sure. or aspiring project manager or whatever, because you know, you're not there yet. Yeah. Um, but I like that word because it's, in, it's inviting, right? It's kind Very. of inviting. Yeah, totally. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to see everybody using it, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's a little bit of a stigma around that, that people who are coming out of school, they're nervous to put that on their profiles because they think, it feels like I'm not there yet. So what, what well, advice would you give? Inspiring works, right? Yeah. Right. And, and also in your about section, 
which is the piece right underneath the, the top part, right? It's the piece about you. And I do, when I work with my clients, I do have a formula of how to build that section. What's important about that section is that we get a flavor of who you are. Mm-hmm. And so that can balance and match to that piece about you're aspiring to do this, you know, like, right. um, here's where I've come from. Here's who I am. Here's what I want to be. Here are the opportunities I'm looking for. Mm. Right. Would that also work for people who have lost their job? Why not? Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have a quick question on the about me section. Mm-hmm. Cause you were saying that it's a great place to learn more about the person. Yep. So it seems like having a unique voice on LinkedIn is pretty important. So how much do you go in depth there in terms of vulnerability and authenticity versus professionalism? That's a good question. Um, I usually tell my clients to just give us a snippet of the, of the, uh, passion that you have for what you do or where you're going, what you want to do. But the majority of the about section will be about um, uh, speaking to your target audience, either to get a job or to um, get clients. So it's speaking client faced, like to who they are and how you can, how they can benefit from working with you or from hiring you. Mm-hmm. I don't do this very often, but um, I just want to share something with you because One of my daughters um, was looking for a job a couple of years ago. And now she hasn't changed this yet, um, even though she has a job. She has, this is the second job since this happened, but um, she's never changed what we figured out was her um, headline because this is who she is. And what it says is sales and development consultant, entrepreneur, visionary, team builder, and this is a cute one. She, this is her. She's creative. Seeker and strategist of viable solutions. Nice. Like okay. That. So now in her little beginning of her about section, she says, and she, I've shared this with other people. I just find that she's such a good writer, but also you can see that to answer your question, who knew that a decade in the restaurant industry combined with a bachelor's degree in theater would form the base from which I would launch a thousand careers. Hmm. So that, that one sentence is kind of like, oh, that's fun. We know yeah. she was an art student, right? But she was in the restaurant industry, so we know she's people-oriented. So there was a lot actually in there. And then she says, okay, maybe not a thousand, but I've certainly taken an adventurous career path through a wide variety of industries, including, and she goes on to talk about the different ones. And Um, And she says, in all of these positions, I have managed to do what I love best, make things happen. Wow. It's really engaging. Yeah. Yeah. Because she knows how to write. She's way better than me at writing. But the point is, she's telling her story, but she's telling it in a way that it's highlighting the pieces of her career. I love it. Yeah. It's a really great example. Yeah. It's an amazing example. Thank you. Okay. So like when you're actually getting into the dirt and using LinkedIn, to build your network and make connections for you and for the people that you work with, what does that look like? So it always starts with the profile. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing we always want to make sure that it's as fully optimized as possible. Once that's done and you're comfortable with it, then we look at, okay, who do you want to, 
who do you want to talk to? Who do you want to do business with? Who do you want to see you? Who do you want to have a conversation with? And so there's outreach and then there's inbound, right? Mm -hmm. So from an outreach perspective, um, I teach people how to do what I call saved searches. So it's searching, um, finding the right search criteria to bring up the right people to then have a look at their profiles, then create a messaging strategy Mm -hmm. to start connecting with them. So it's not just, oh, here's some people that LinkedIn is telling me I should talk to, click, 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 click. There's no strategy there. Sure. Okay. So uh, it might be geographical. Mm -hmm. It might be industry vertical. It might be a specific position, you know, that in a company, let's say you want to get to talk to the HR person because you're looking for a job. So you're, you want to not think, don't think right away. Oh, I want to talk to the HR person because I need a job. Think of talking to the HR person or a somebody who works in the company where you want to work and start connecting so you can ask some interesting informational kind of questions. What's it like to work at that company? You know, um, build some rapport with someone so they'll give you some scoop when the time is right. Yeah, that makes total sense. Okay, so I mean, your your whole point about the saved search and that sort of being the basis of your strategy for connecting, that's, that's a new thing to me. Um, and then when it comes to actually going out and messaging someone, like how do you coach people around writing some of these outreach messages when they're first getting into the connection? Itself. Okay, so I kind of look at it in a anywhere from three to five message type of situation. So mm. first of all, what you need to understand is that um, when you reach out to connect with someone, you always do it from their profile. So with that when you click the connect button, now, if you're doing this on your laptop or desktop, it automatically says, add a note, mm-hmm. so you can personalize it. If you do it from your cell phone, you have to click the buttons at the top or there's three buttons. I only have, I have an iPhone, but it says under the more or whatever, add a note. Mm -hmm. So you don't just hit connect. You go right to the dots and find that. Um, And so the very first message that you are asking someone to connect, do not say very much because most people don't read it. Most people just connect or they ignore it because they're Mm -hmm. not on Okay. So the the very least, you're just going to say, Hey, I noticed uh, we are both connected to so-and-so I, would you like to connect here? Or um, I'm expanding my uh, connections to the Toronto area. Would you be open to connecting? You just say something that might be a little bit of a rapport build, but you're basically just asking someone to connect. I'm looking to speak to people in your industry. Would you be open to connect? Okay. You have 300 characters to do that first message. But as I said, most people don't read it. So if somebody, and I always, always, always train that you do put something there, whether they Mm -hmm. read it or not. Okay. Um, Then once they accept your connection request, the most important message is now the thank you message. So you get a notification. So-and-so is now now a connection and they haven't done anything else. Now it's up to you to send a message that says, thanks for accepting my connection request. And now you're the key here. And this is where people always fall down. They don't know what to say. So you make sure that you know why you connected with them. You look at their profile. It might be something really minute. It might be 
um, that you have a um, an ulterior motive, but you can't mm-hmm. jump right into it, right? So, Mike, for example, if you were to say um, you notice somebody went to UBC and you went to UBC, maybe you didn't go to UBC. I'm just using that as an example. Sure. Anyway, I noticed we both went to the same undergrad school. When were you there? You know, you start a conversation. You ask questions. Mm-hmm. You say, um, thanks for accepting my connection request. Uh, I'm really curious. I noticed that you that you're at such and such a company. How long have you been there? Or what? Just conversation. Okay. okay. The key is to ask questions because then if they're at all on the ball, they're paying attention and they will answer you. You could also see, because some of the things I teach in the when do you, who do you connect with might be around what content they're, pro- they're posting. So that could be a conversation starter. Mm. The whole object is to go from the connection to the thank you to maybe a conversation starter to maybe a, um, uh, something of value that mm-hmm. you can offer them, whether it's an article you just read about what they do or um, a stat or something, to eventually taking that conversation off LinkedIn into a phone call or a Zoom call or whatever. That's the goal. It makes me think a lot of uh, in-person networking as well. Mm-hmm. A lot of those same strategies, like if there was somebody that was going to a networking event that you really wanted to meet, you would take a lot of the same steps to get there. Exactly. You would. However, in the face-to-face networking, you would have done your homework as well to say, I know that I got to meet these two people when I'm at that event. So I got to find out who can introduce me because that's the reason I'm going there. Have your intent set, right? Right. Mm -hmm. You're right. And Lisa, not everybody does what I do. I'm all about the relationships. Some people will just connect, 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 and they send out 50 requests and they just see where they land. Sure. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's just me and that's my specific thing that I do. Now, the other piece, though, is that you can, of course, include content to build your uh, um, to, to have a content strategy as well to build your visibility and your credibility as well. Yeah. Why don't we talk a little bit more about that? So like you can publish articles on LinkedIn, you can publish updates, videos, photos. What are some of the ways that you have seen that are really effective in terms of building visibility and engagement through your profile? So that's an interesting question because, because I don't do as much of that as, mm-hmm. as a lot of people do because I'm more about the people side. Uh, I have, I just had a client recently though, and I just shared this with my last podcast that I just did for my, uh, my podcast. Um, he's really got some good articles in his industry and he's been posting these articles for quite a few months and they're all related to how his prospects uh, use their money, save their money, don't save their money. It's all about finances, but the articles are good. And he usually posts a, an image and a link to the article, whether it's on LinkedIn or whether it's uh, off LinkedIn and Mm -hmm. on his website. And that's another conversation. Sure. Um, But he's getting no engagement. Yeah. At all. So that's a piece that, again, you need to engage people. You need to say, I think this is great information. What do you think? Hmm. And then when people respond, you need to acknowledge that. And again, it comes back to the people thing in the end, right? It's, it's great. You noticed, you acknowledged, you uh, commented, 
So now there's an opportunity to start a conversation. Thanks so much for uh, your comment on my article. What was it about that that made you comment? Or um, where are you in this process right now? Start a conversation. That makes a whole lot of sense. So, okay. So really just getting to the heart of the one-on-one -on -one connection and not and being too caught up. Some people are going to roll their eyes, Mike, and say, I don't have time for that. Uh, no, I, I, I can imagine that for sure. At the same time, it, it's most great business transactions or job hires or whatever. It's made one conversation at a time. That's so right. I can, I can exactly. see the value of it through that. And it also seems like, go ahead. It also seems like those interactions would be a higher value add. Whereas if you're just getting likes or you're just adding, connecting with people, you wouldn't necessarily be finding the same value on both ends. Right. Right. Yeah. So, and if I could just go back for a second to the actual profile thing, because I want to share something that your audience might actually find um, useful. So I've been doing some tr uh, LinkedIn training with some young um, um, financial wealth management guys. And um, each of them is just at the beginning of their career. And so they're not necessarily, you know, uh, in a situation where in a position where people are going to, want to work with them yet unless mm -hmm. they're in the same place in their career sure but one of the things that i noticed in one of the young men's um, profiles that he put in i think it was under organizations he belongs to because i do make sure that you uh, complete as much of the profile as you can with many different things volunteerism organizations any awards you've won anything and this is why he had something in his profile that said, I think it was Edmonton, in the Ed Edmonton Calligraphy Association. Like, that's random, right? Totally random. Yeah. Who does that? But what was interesting about that was I hadn't worked with this guy yet, and I was looking at his profile to see where I could start a conversation. And for me, that stood out as something unique that nobody else had and I was curious about it because one, I just told you earlier, I'm a curious person. And two, because it's a great conversation starter. Tell me about that. What got you interested in calligraphy? I'm fascinated. Yeah, totally. That's a very, very unique niche. Mm -hmm. So if you have something that works, get it in there because you never, ever know. Cool. That's very cool. So I just have a, a major point of curiosity for me. Uh, LinkedIn is a place that I am starting to be a little more engaged in and will be going forward into 2020. That's for sure. I'm curious to know, in your opinion, would you say LinkedIn premium is worth its offering? Okay, great question. So, and actually, I'm glad you brought it up because yeah. it was something else I wanted to mention earlier and when you're getting started. So it, it kind of depends. Okay. Okay. So, you know, when um, on your top part of your profile. So you have the number of connections that you have. And one of the first goals is always to get over 500, right? Because then people think that you're important because it says 500 plus and it doesn't have an exact number. But a lot of other things happen too. And so one of the things is that um, if you and I are directly connected and you have 733 connections and I have 2020 connections and you're doing a search 
you get to be your search on a on a free platform your mm -hmm. search will cover uh, will will include all of my 2000 and whatever connections and my second level connections and my third level connections so that uh, exponentially grows right if you only have a hundred first level connections and even if I'm one of them and I have 2020 connections, it still lessens the number of people that will see your search okay. or that will be included in your search. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the premium gets okay, so you to a larger. Hang on. Okay. So then also the other way around, if people are searching for a keyword that you have or um, something that's in your profile that brings you up again, it's only the people in those first, second and third levels where you're able to show up. Mm -hmm. So yes, if you have a um, premium platform, it widens the search. Okay. But the first question is, do I need it to widen the search? And sometimes when you actually do the search um, and see how many people it brings up, you'll know that really initially there's enough people to worry about without having to do uh, a premium uh, okay. platform. However, there's a couple of other things as well. In your LinkedIn profile, you have a dashboard. Only you can see that dashboard and it's kind of right underneath your about section. Yeah. And it gives you three points of uh, tracking that you can do. And one of them, the first one is, how many people have viewed your profile in the last 90 days? You can only ever see the last five people who have viewed your profile if you have a free platform. Mm -hmm. And then the other piece in there that's valid is how many times have you shown up in a search? And again, it's in a week, but you can see that. I don't, I think there may be more detail in the premium one, but I don't know. I've got enough people to talk to. I have not done it yet. The only time I do not have a premium uh, platform. The only time I think some people see it as status mm -hmm. and other people want to get to people that maybe would not respond to a message unless it was what's called an in-mail message. Mm -hmm. And you get X number of in-mail messages a month through that premium, um, like the credits that towards. And yeah. again, are you, are you going to be trying to reach out to the CEOs? I don't know. I know that salespeople use it as well. There's sales teams that will. Salespeople use Sales Navigator more so. Okay. And sales Navigator is a step up from premium in that it's kind of a, got a built-in CRM. Mm -hmm. cool. Very so cool. It tracks um, when you've emailed or messaged that person in LinkedIn and so on and so forth. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's, it, it's fine, but do you need the expense? That's the other thing. And is it going to make a difference when you're just starting out? Yeah. You would have to test the waters before you did it. And another little piece on that is if you decide to try it, you know, you get a 30 day trial, but please remember to cancel it if you don't want to continue it because they'll charge you and they'll charge you big time. I heard somebody got charged for an entire year and she couldn't get it back. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. That's Indeed. a good tip. <laughs> Saved a lot of people some money there. Yeah. So how often should you update your profile? I don't think you need to update it that often unless your situation changes. Okay. Right. Or what some people do though, is maybe this fall they focused on um, people in 
uh, the mortgage broker industry. And so their, their specific um, benefit statement speaks just to them. And mm -hmm. so the first of 2020, they might change who that target audience is and they might specifically change that. So some people do it more often than others, just depending. You know, okay. The thing about it though is um, only when you change your work experience or your education experience and only if you have that button turned on, it notifies your um, connections that you've made a change. So it kind of shakes the tree and people won't notice you if they haven't seen you for a while being active. But it doesn't change if you just change your headline or yeah. your about section. Okay, so people can play around with that and it doesn't notify everybody every time they make a change. Right. Awesome. Right. Right. How many jobs should you have on your profile? Because I, I think that it only shows a certain number before they get hidden. Think of it as people want to be current and um, they really don't care about too much about what you did when you worked in during high school or university, but they may and may be relevant, right? Um, so three or it depends how old you are too, right? Depends how long your career is, but three or four is probably fine. Okay, perfect. And again, the top couple, like the current ones and maybe the last job you held should have some detail in the description mm -hmm. to yeah. ben show benefits of what you accomplished. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Keeping in mind keywords again too, right? If they're relevant to the job you're looking for or the business you're in. Mm. Right. Yep. So you can tailor the experience that you've had to be able to make your new career search easier. Sure. Sure. Mm -hmm. uh, although uh, just to clarify that keywords in LinkedIn are different than keywords in Google, for example. So when people search in Google, they'll search for accounting firm or um, mortgage brokerage. But in LinkedIn, they generally are looking for people. So they'll say accountant or mortgage broker. So that's kind of, so you'll have both, but anything mm -hmm. to do with that so that, you know, there's a, a way to search that you can encom encompass both and get it all covered. Uh, that's a great tip. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You're looking for, people are looking for people, not yeah. anything else really. Mm -hmm. Lisa, do you want to go? with a couple of the questions. We have a couple of questions we'd like to ask our guests sure. each time they come on. And then I know you've got something that you'd like to share with our audience, mm -hmm. our listeners, um, before we let you go. So Lisa. Okay. Perfect. So um, going along with the theme of a lot of our clients going through career transitions of some sort, a lot of people are starting to take risks, getting to that next stage. What would you say is the biggest risk that you've taken in your career and how did that turn out? I think the biggest risk I took was leaving teaching, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I think that um, it probably didn't turn out the way I would have wanted it to, to be honest, in the sense that um, it cost me something. There was a cost involved. However, in terms of being able to be my own boss, I'm much happier. I have been much happier. And being able to have that um, um, freedom of choice. And more importantly, the reason that I didn't turn that training position into a job, mm -hmm. it was I was a contractor, was because 
my family was most important. And I had my daughter at home that I wanted to be there to, she was an athlete. I wanted her, I wanted to be there for every, every event that she was doing and, and have that flexibility. So it turned out well in that respect. Um, mm-hmm. It cost me a little bit in terms of my career because I had to kind of reinvent myself mm-hmm. and that can, you know, that cost time and money, but I think in the end it was fine. That's great. What's the best piece of career advice you've ever received? Oh, I think probably the fact that most of what I do is, as of course, revolved around sales as most of everybody's job, really, even though Mm -hmm. you don't think you're selling, you are selling. So I think that the best piece of advice would be that I've received and that it took me a while to learn was don't be attached to the outcome. And before that, believe enough in yourself that that confidence shows through. Because Mm. if you have any wiggle room where you're not confident, it shows even though you don't think it does. There's like this thing that happens that for me, I'm hitting my chest. I can feel it inside my chest that I know I'm not confident. So they're, they're feeling it too, right? So believe in what it is that you do or what you're saying or what you're selling, and then don't be attached to the outcome. I love it. Yeah. Very wise words. <laughs> cool. Thanks for sharing that. What um, you've got something coming up in early in December that I think our audience would be curious to know. Can you talk about, about that for a moment? Sure. So every once in a while, um, I like to be able to work with people who um, maybe they can't afford to do one-on-one training or they're not ready for it yet or whatever. So anybody who feels that they should be on LinkedIn, they need to do it properly. And so I'm offering um, a two-part webinar series that's on Zoom. And it is... uh, it's probably right around exam time for people who are students. I don't know, but if they're not students, it's probably, and by the way, I record it. So I've had people who purchased it and then, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, just watched it on their own time, but it's two parts. The first part is all about the, um, uh, your profile and maximizing your profile. And the second part is more about now you're there and you've got your profile. What do you do next? And so it gets into the outreach and, and, um, how to use LinkedIn effectively. The first part is December 9th, and it's at 5 p.m. Pacific time, so it's 8 o'clock Eastern time. And second part is, and those are Mondays, December 9th and December 16th. And uh, from 5 o'clock, it's about an hour and a half with some Q&A after if, if people want it. And um, it's on Eventbrite. I'm happy to send the link if you're able to share it with your, your audience. And if they, um, if they, heard it from you and on you there's a a promo code that they can uh, get a little bit of a discount yeah yeah we'll put it up in the show notes for sure and uh wherever people are listening to this they can click on that and go to your event that's awesome thank you and that sounds like a great time too for people who are starting to think about 2020 and what's coming next for them and how they might be moving forward in their career so great timing well, and also I would, I would just add that I do have a free download that if anybody's interested in, I have a 16 point checklist, um, about LinkedIn of what you should put on LinkedIn and, and any of your audience is welcome to download that from my website at janiceporter.com. Um, I think if you go to the training page where it says LinkedIn, there's a box there. 
that cool. allows them to do that. So feel free to do that. Yeah, Fantastic. absolutely. You were amazing on in our call that we had a few weeks ago, and it was definitely very, very valuable a conversation that we had. And I can oh. totally endorse uh, anyone kind of who wants thank to take you. LinkedIn seriously to have a conversation with you. Oh, thank you. Where can people find you? They can find me at JanicePorter.com and uh, Janice at JanicePorter.com. And they can find me on LinkedIn at LinkedIn. Um, I th- I just search Janice Porter, um, LinkedIn trainer. They'll find me. Um, it, it's LinkedIn uh, slash IN slash Janice Porter. So they should be able to find me and uh, connect with me. Tell them, tell me they heard me on your show and let's start a conversation. Perfect. We can certainly thank you. Certainly do that. So that'll be it for this week. Thanks so much for joining us on this week's edition of the Career Builders Podcast. I'm Mike Bird. I'm Lisa Pekosek. And this has been Janice Porter. And we hope you tune in again soon. Bye for now.